Climate Conversations on the Business Breakfast with Dubai Holding and in partnership with the World Future Energy Summit, the leading event for future energy and sustainability, together for the good of tomorrow. So here we are. Time for a climate conversation. Uh, This is part of a series of conversations that we're having in the lead up to COP28. We are sharing the responsibility uh, and the workload with our colleagues here at Dubai I-103.8. One week you'll have it on us, business breakfast. Next week it'll be on the agenda. And the week after that, it'll be on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. So it's back to our turn this week as we help to drive some of the conversations that will be had around COP28 at the end of this year. And today, it's all about green building, or rather green construction, which is the process of making the built environment around us as friendly to the natural environment as possible. And it's the focus of our climate conversations for this week. To find out more, our producer, Mohammed Suleiman, uh, has been speaking to Saeed Al-Abar, who is the CEO of AESG. Now, AESG is a consultancy firm with a core focus on sustainable urban development. Uh, Mohammed be- uh, began by asking Saeed about the biggest challenges when it comes to green building right here in the UAE. We've actually been currently working on an exercise with a publication we're about to release in partnership with the World Green Building Council um, around sort of advancing net zero and sort of what are the challenges and opportunities, uh, specifically in the MENA region, UAE region, around net zero. And a number of the, the participants we're working with through this um, have sort of outlined a number of challenges. I mean, one of them, first and foremost, here is climate. Um, we are in a very hot climate, so it does, it does present a challenge, um, which does mean that sort of the engineering of of systems efficiency becomes becomes very important but i think sort of when we look sort of more more globally um we're faced with the same challenges you know everywhere and it's you know it's data monitoring and management you know we can't manage what we don't measure and and historically i think across all sectors the sort of monitoring and measurement of of of, of emission data um, hasn't been fast enough to enable quick action um it's it's sort of understanding technologies you know how do we sort of adapt deploy and implement technologies in an effective way um, and how do we do we make change at scale there's some incredible showcase uh, buildings and, and projects uh, here and throughout the world but how do we take those showcases and make them sort of portfolio wide and and the norm how important is it to have that sort of holistic approach uh, when it comes to constructing green buildings here um, it's very important there's no i think with any sort of climate action there's no silver bullet it's uh, it's a sort of a combination and aggregation of approaches and technologies and that comes from an effective design and strategy um at a portfolio level um, and that accounts for whether we're designing new buildings or also sort of taking existing stock and retrofit and uh, let's talk about supply chains you say that the onus is on building owners to take accountability not only of their assets uh, but also of their supply chains why is that such an important element when it comes to uh, constructing more green buildings? Well, if you look at sort of the emissions from the built environment sector, I mentioned the 39% figure. Um, of that 39%, 28% is the actual operation of the building. So that's sort of how efficiently it's operated and, and the like. But then that 11%, which is the significant amount, is the materials that go into the building. So the embodied carbon that exists in the sort of the cement, the steel, the aluminium. So constructing buildings is a fairly carbon intensive process from a materials extraction perspective. Uh, so it is really important that if we are talking around sort of net zero buildings, we are taking it from a whole life cycle perspective, not just the operation of it, but also the embodied carbon that goes into the construction. Uh, how far do you think the UAE is really be a big player uh, when it comes to green construction and and, uh, and green buildings? 
I think it's definitely the UAE is, is taking a leadership role in climate. You know, obviously we've got COP28 just around the corner. Uh, but aside from that, if you look at the sort of the UAE's ambitions itself, there was the, you know, the UAE Strategic Initiative 2050 to be net zero by 2050. Um, alongside that, they've then sort of raised a shorter term target that we're going to get sort of 40% reduction emissions by 2030. There's the national climate change plans and, 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 and the like. But I think first, you know, what's sort of most, um, prominent is seeing the sort of global leadership role the UAE's taking. UAE's just pledged $50 billion investment, uh, by 2032. So just over a nine year period, deploying $50 billion of capital, um, across 40 countries to sort of drive, um, you know, renewable energy projects, clean tech projects and, and, and efficiency. So I think we're definitely seeing um, a lot of leadership and, uh, the bar is constantly raised on the ground with what the sort of domestic or national targets are um, at the same time. And let's talk about retrofitting. Um, what role does retrofitting sort of play in this whole push towards uh, towards more green buildings? Uh, vital. If we don't tackle the retrofit um, aspect, we've completely failed in the whole sort of decarbonisation of the built environment. If you look at in the UK, for instance, you know, 80% of homes um, in 2050 have already been built. So whatever we do on the new build, that's only 20%. And you can take that, you know, that's, UK figure, but you can sort of take that sort of, you know, scale up on a global level. Um, so, you know, really it is crucial that we tackle that existing assets. And I think the real opportunity on existing assets is not just tackling the decarbonization, but improving the existing stock from a, you know, from a safety, from a wellness perspective, from a value of, of the actual asset. Um, and then combining that with sort of the decarbonization initiative. So it is, it is very important. It's, it's more challenging, you can say, than new build. You know, new build, you just set you know, new regulations, new policies, better designs, you know, on paper, and then off you go. But, you know, an existing asset is somewhere where people already live, work, play, learn, um, in the case of schools. And, you know, then, you know, adapting that while keeping these, these you know, living, breathing assets, you know, operational is, is key. Finally, see, there's a big push on um, on wellness and health when it comes to occupants of buildings. Um, are we seeing that here as well, or do we still have a way to go? before we sort of reach those levels that we've seen other in, in, in other parts of the world? No, no, definitely we're seeing this actually ad- adopted here faster than anywhere in the world at the moment. We've seen a lot of the government initiatives about, you know, driving happiness, wellness, you know, amongst citizens, residents and employees in the government sector. And, and you know, that starts with the actual environment where people, you know, predominantly live and work. Um, you know, people want to work in a productive, healthy uh, space, um, one that provides, you know, good fresh air, good materials, good environment. Uh, and we're seeing that definitely roll out here quite quite quickly. And I think that's that's key is that you know we don't neglect that you know buildings you know in our quest to decarbonize them that we forget that their buildings are predominantly made for uh, built for people um, to occupy. Finally, say just your last thoughts ahead of COP28 uh, later this year in the, here in the UAE. Obviously, a huge event for the country, but just your thoughts ahead of that very very big event in a couple of months' time. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. And I think the, the, the key message we're getting from the sort of UAE leadership um, is around this is the cop of action. And I think that's, that's very key that we make this a cop of action, that it's, it's, you know, we, we take things away from it. And, and, you know, cop doesn't end in December. It's actually what's decided there is, is acted on and implemented going forward. Those the thoughts uh, of our guest Said Al Abar, who is the CEO of AESG, a consultancy firm with core focus on sustainable urban development. Uh, joining us as our first guest today on Climate Conversations. Climate Conversations on the Business Breakfast with Dubai Holding and in partnership with the World Future Energy Summit, the leading event for future energy and sustainability. Together for the good of tomorrow.
So any questions about green buildings in Dubai? Isa Khalid Al-Ali is with us in the studio, Vice President of Dubai Holding Real Estate's Project Management Office. Isa Al-Hamasatlan, good to see you. Hello, sir. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for being with us. You were listening to the interview there with Saeed Alabar and our producer, Mohammed Suleiman, about green buildings here in Dubai. What were your thoughts? Well, um, as you know, that uh, we in the construction and real estate are uh, being blamed for the carbon emission because we, the real estate industry contributes to 40% of the carbon emission, and that's a big uh, percentage of the emission. We, are, uh, we have to be responsible, and if we look at the UAE initiatives, if we, t- we go 15 years back, we see Abu Dhabi had a very strong statement to the world by establishing Masdar City and Masdar Corporation as one of the largest carbon-free cities. Uh, subsequently, Dubai also went to the public and then established Expo with one of the three key pillars being uh, sustainability uh, in the thematic uh, pavilions. Uh, but most importantly was that uh, most of the built building permanently were uh, gold uh, certified lead, which means they are sustainable buildings. And since then, you know, UAE and Dubai have established policies and procedures to have more sustainable and green buildings, not only to the built environment, but also to the infrastructure, the public realm, the constructions, all the buildings. Uh, there are standards in Abu Dhabi, Istadama, there are standards in Dubai, Dubai municipality. And we also use this uh, global um, standards or American or UK standards uh, to reach to our target. As we know, the uh, part of the COP, as was mentioned earlier, that we have to reach to uh, net zero by 2050 and UAE have a stronger uh, obligation um, this year, especially that the year of sustainability is this year. Okay, so Isa, the, the, there's lots to digest here. First thing to do is full disclosure. You're vice president at Dubai Holding Real Estate. We are a subsidiary of Dubai Holding. So we're colleagues, aren't we? Okay. Yes. Full disclosure. Yeah. That's not why you're here, but whatever. Just want to make that clear. The, the other thing is we are in a building. If you think about the, the, the Dubai Eye studio, we're in a building that's known as the Dubai Properties Building. If you look, if you're yeah. ordering an Uber, that's what it's called. So we're owned by... Dubai holding, but we were built 10, 15 years ago when standards were were different. So what do we do about legacy buildings in Dubai? Okay, if you're building a new building, you can build it to all these standards that you mentioned. What do we do about legacy buildings? Uh, that's a very important statement, actually. The built uh, usually have embodied carbon, but the the uh, already uh, the one which was in the building say construction state had embodied carbon. Today, this building already built. You know, it's an asset uh, state. So there are uh, tools uh, nowadays to reduce carbon uh, emission by reducing the energy utilization. Uh, biggest um, happens by uh, cooling. So if we reduce our cooling system, today I, I've visited many con- uh, companies in Europe where there are new technology in um, um, uh, district cooling or the cooling uh, economization, reducing the um, inefficient utilization of cooling system. The, uh, the lighting also in the past uh, 10 to 12 years have drastically changed. Today we all use uh, LED lighting and there are also um, um, you know, programs and schemes in Dubai where you can offset by having LED uh, as, as opposed to the old uh, HPS lighting, um, tented glasses. So on the same building, just 
proper management and a, 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 a few add-ons will improve the performance of the building. Can we talk a little bit about the acronyms you mentioned earlier? People are listening at home, watching at home, driving to work. You mentioned LEED, L-E-E-D. You yeah. mentioned Esther Dharma in Abu Dhabi. For people who aren't in this industry, can you just explain what those are and why they're important? If we don't have a strategy and target, we will not be uh, able to manage and reduce the carbon. So LEED, there are different targets that start from basic LEEDs, silver, gold, platinum. And also there are in UK, Bream as well, standard. Because there are so many, aren't there? Yeah. How do you get your head around them? There's LEED, which is, I, I should know this. Yeah. Uh, I, I forget what it stands for. Esther Dharma in Abu Dhabi. The, 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 the European regulations as well. How do we get our head around all of these things? Uh, these are a bit technical, you know. We as engineers, we have to know those. But what's important is not the name and the acronym itself. It what is the target there? Uh, what do we want to achieve? Um, you know, uh, as you know, just sourcing material from local um, sources automatically you achieve some part of that sustainability uh, targets changing the design to more sustainable elements like green concrete or green steel you will achieve certain uh, scores in any kind of certification so but estedama is is um, from the word estedama it's an arabic name estedama is sustainability so just to promote it, they call it Stedama. At the end, I see it in the future that all the lead and Stedamas and those acronyms will become sometime in the future a good design nonetheless. Can we talk about digital technology and how that can contribute to delivering green construction? Wow, that's my passion. <laughs> well, now um, I think the whole floor there, uh, back uh, office, they speak about uh, digital technology and construction. Uh, we started the idea last year. Um, I believe just by implementing technology, we can uh, offset carbon emission by one-fifth. So 20% is gone without changing material, without changing anything, just uh, adapting technology uh, of BIM building information modeling. In the past, BIM was a design tool 12, 15 years ago. Today is a project management tool from design to construction to procurement to asset life cycle. We moved from having a BIM as, as a, a tool to have a virtual asset, a digital twin, a digital representation of the full building in the uh, asset life cycle. Okay, so great. I hear everything you say, but you're the vice president for Dubai Holding. You've got targets to hit in terms of profitability and revenue. To what extent does this hit the bottom line? How much more expensive is it to do everything that you've said? I think, you know, uh, sustainability is like quality. I always say quality is cheap. It's not expensive because you don't need to repeat and refurbish and you keep the... In the long term. Exactly. If you're hitting your targets in 2023. Clear, clear, clear. I, I, I know that in the past, the sustainability was less of, of an advantage to many uh, builders, contractors, because uh, or even owners, because it takes... 15 years or 20 years to get uh, return on investment. But today, the technology has changed. You know, building materials have changed. You can see the return in seven, sometimes five years. The economizer, as I told you, you can see them in three to five years, the return on investment. So now it's a game changer. When we apply technology, part of the game, you can see the data, you can create simulation, you can understand the future 
today. Isa, it's been great talking to you. Really appreciate your time this morning. Let's speak again before COP28. It's going to be a busy time for you, isn't it? <laughs> Isa Khalid Alali is the Vice President of Dubai Holding Real Estate Project Management Office. Shukran Jazeelan. Climate Conversations on the Business Breakfast. With Dubai Holding and in partnership with the World Future Energy Summit, the leading event for future energy and sustainability. Together for the good of tomorrow.